0: a show for the wedding-obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, Betcha's Brides.
1: Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino, and today I'm very, very excited because we have a repeat guest on that you guys all know. You love her. You follow her channels, most likely. Welcome back, Caroline Ripa.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I love this podcast. I'm so excited to be here
1: again. You really are a favorite. And for those of you who might not have listened to our episode, definitely go do that. When did we record? Uh, no. November. It was like right before right. after Thanksgiving. So right, right. Okay, yeah. that feels like too long ago. My yeah. bad. Um, but yeah, so your episode was really great. I think like obviously your content on TikTok on Instagram is great at Caroline Repa is your handle, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're posting about wedding stuff all the time, even after your wedding. Um, But, you know, guys, go listen for sure, because Caroline did her own flowers. She was very DIY. She's very crafty. I could go on and on. But... Yeah, I think it was just such a great episode, and you're just such a great bridal content source, so Mm -hmm. had to have you back on. This time, we're going to be kind of answering some emails, because we haven't done that in a while. A mailbag episode, if you will, answering all of your crazy situations and crazy, crazy questions. But before we jump into those emails, Caroline, how have you been, and how is married life? Oh, married life has been so fun, and I
2: know I always make fun of people that ask me that question because, like, (laughs) me and Tom have been dating for years, and we lived together before we got married, so, like, nothing changed, Mm -hmm. but it is fun just to call him, like, my husband, and we've had such a good time together. We had our honeymoon in February in Cape Town, so we share that. We share that together because that was amazing, and we went for two weeks just like uh, you and Mike did, so. It was beautiful, Oh, my God. Like, best two weeks of my life. The food, the drinks, like, the views, everything was perfect. Highly recommend South Africa for a honeymoon.
1: <laughs> Your trip was great, too. And you planned it all yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's crazy. We used a tra- travel agent. And props to you for planning all yourself because that is on top of the wedding. That's not easy. But you did it a couple well, months after. I waited. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we waited
2: mainly because of COVID. And then by the time we were like, okay, we can have our honeymoon, it was like November and we wanted to go to Europe and it just didn't make sense. So we were like, where can we go in February? That's warm. And I was like, well,
1: Nicole went to South Africa. It looked beautiful. Let's go. So it's just so cool. I tell people, everybody's like, why South Africa? A, because it's beautiful. B because it's so many different things. You have the penguins, you have the animals, the safari, the beach, the you get everything. And the when else are you going to go? Yeah, the wineries. Mm-hmm. And like when you you truly get everything in a trip. And like I don't know, where you can do Italy uh, any time. I mean, whatever, it's a great honeymoon too. But no, I, um, I agree
2: too. I wanted like a big trip like that because I feel like you know, once we start having kids, like when are we gonna have a chance to go to South Africa for two weeks? Exactly. So it's why a far not? hike too. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's also pretty affordable once you get there, which like I always try to mm-hmm. tell people that because I think it. Almost looks like I went on some crazy, luxurious vacation Mm -hmm. and spent a million dollars, which I don't. Like, you guys, if you've listened to my DIY episode, like, I do not have a lot of money. I'm not some rich (laughs) girl from a rich family. Like, I had to DIY a lot of my wedding. Um, So we had a honeymoon fund, and then we used credit card points to get the flights. And then once Mm -hmm. we were there, like, you know, like, everything was pretty
1: affordable. The American dollar goes very far there. I, Mike and I's jaws were on the floor after a dinner that would have cost easily $500 in New York or even in DC, where you are, it, a dinner there was. We, we got the bill. It was like a hundred dollars for a twelve course meal, and we, yeah. it was crazy. And the crazy. Ubers were no lie, two dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it was great, and everybody speaks English, so you don't have to have a language barrier. I, I could go on and on. Yeah. Um. Before we could so jump fun. into emails again, can you quickly tell us about your Luvian partnership because that is just so cool and. Yes.
2: Yeah. So so many exciting things have happened since, you know, I've become a wedding TikToker, a bridal influencer, if you will. Um, And Luvian is actually my wedding dress designer. And I picked it out in 2020. paid for it myself. I feel like a lot of people think that like I've been doing this for years, but really like, you know, that's just I picked it because I was so obsessed with the brand and everything was so me. And then they reached out. We've kind of been like back and forth on DMs. And they're like, we need to like work with you. We need to think something like through. And then they were like, let's have a call one day. And then they asked me to be their creative muse for all of 2022. Which for some people that don't know, it's kind of like I'm the face of the brand. And I'm helping them market and make TikToks and show you guys the new stuff, the current stuff, the old stuff, like stuff you can get right now, the gorgeous dresses, some behind the scenes um, I'm also, you know, very curvy. So I like to showcase that part of trying on dresses. Cause I feel like you don't see that every day in the bridal world. So I've got, had a lot of really good feedback, um, because of that. So yeah, it's been so fun. I just went to bridal fashion week with them.
1: You came and saw us one day.
2: That was so uh, fun.
1: And I tried on the Louvian dresses. I, I kept saying, what did I keep saying? I kept being like, I wish I knew about this when I was shopping. Not that I didn't love yeah. my dress, but like I, there was that one, the one that fit everybody perfectly. The somehow. sterling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I call her sisterhood of the traveling dress because it
2: literally looks good on everyone. Like it no matter really what does. size you are, no matter how tall, short you are, it
1: looks good on everyone. The sterling. Get yeah. ready. Go check it out, you guys. It's timeless. Yeah. Um, well, gorgeous. great. We're so excited to follow your journey with Louvian and see all that stuff with Lovely Bride and um, see all the content coming the out. The new
2: collection's that. coming out soon. So, TBD, you'll see me posting all that fun stuff soon. So,
1: nice, nice. Yeah. All right, well time to get into our emails. And I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you all of you who have been using that little chili pepper emoji because that when you send us a DM or an email and you use the literal chili pepper, it helps just well we use it as like code for like hot topic, like Nicole fucking like discuss this on the podcast. And it really does do a good job of like catching my eye cuz we get so many DMs, so many emails. So thank you those of you who heard me ask to use the chili pepper because a bunch of you have been using it that's a good idea i need to like steal
2: something like that for my yeah i get so many dms and stuff too and i feel so guilty when i can't reply to everyone but i need to i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna be like I... put this emoji at the front of your dm so i know like to look at it
1: truly it's the best idea i mean it's because it, the words all look the same but when you see a emoji that's recognizable you're like that's the one pay yeah. attention to this Um, And you guys, as you know, if you ever have any questions um, or a story, crazy story that you want to share, email us at bridesatbetches.com.
0: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
1: so without further ado here is our first email it's all about kids at weddings which we discuss all the time but i feel like we haven't in a while and i'm excited to get caroline's take on it this person says i recently discovered the podcast and i am obsessed i am the first of many friends to get married and it's been so helpful My fiancé and I had decided very early on that there would be no kids at our wedding as we are doing a large destination wedding in Mexico. My fiancé mentioned that it might be nice to have his step-cousin's daughter be our flower girl, and I said, that would be cute. Fast forward to April, and I see on the wedding guest invite, he has his step-cousin's daughter listed on our invite list." When I asked him about it, he said this is something we had talked about and he seems very sad that I did not want to invite her. To make matters more complicated, I have cousins with kids who aren't invited to the wedding and his stepbrother also has kids who aren't invited to the wedding. And all these kids are around the same age. Also, his stepbrother and his stepbrother's baby mama can be very confrontational and I am not. So I'm laughing at baby mama. So I don't want to have to answer to them about why their kids were not invited. Here's the other issue. My fiance's step cousin is a young single mom and usually if she needs a babysitter, her family babysits. So if we don't invite any kids to the white wedding, his step cousin may not be able to make it. This is why I think my fiance is upset about not inviting her kid. I do think his step cousin is amazing and I want her to be there, but I also pictured a wedding day with no kids. I have thought of hiring a babysitter for the day of, but it is not a cost I've accounted for and it's also not something I want to pay for. I am not sure if the best solution is to allow all kids, allow one kid, pay for a babysitter or hold my ground. Any advice would be so helpful, signed a stressed betch. Overall, I think just to kick it off, what what's your thoughts on kids at weddings? So I don't think
2: kids should be at weddings. Nice. If you've followed my content, you probably already know this. Um, is there anything wrong with having kids at weddings? Absolutely not. If that's what you want, fine. Do whatever you want. Um, I'm a huge component of like, do whatever you want on your wedding day. Like who cares mm-hmm. about anyone else? No one's going to remember your wedding, but you basically. So like... I don't know. Um, but I think that if you do want specific kids at your wedding, there's nothing wrong with picking and choosing. For example, mm-hmm. my niece and nephew were at my wedding, but they're my only niece and nephew. Tom doesn't have any nieces or nephews. So it's not like I have a different nephew that was the same age that wasn't invited. But even right. if I did, I probably wouldn't feel bad because at the end of the day, I'm closer to this specific ne- like nephew and niece,
1: if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I agree. I think a blanket, definitely yes kids, all kids are welcome or a blanket no kids are welcome is easier than the, for the couple that's getting married to um to do because it's like, you know, then you're not looking like you're picking and choosing. But I agree with you. It's wait, it's okay if you want to pick and choose, you can. And if people really ask you to justify that, you could be like, "Well, it's because this kid is in the wedding, so that's why they're the only kid invo- er, invited. Yeah. So I think that's one way to look at it. Um, with this one, though, I do think with a destination wedding abroad, some of the typical rules and etiquette kind of gets goes out the window. And I hate to say this for you brides listening, but I almost feel like if you are having a destination wedding... Sometimes with things like this it's a little more on you to be more hospitable cuz you are asking your guests to for a lot more you know yeah. to fly abroad and everything and expensive hotel most likely. Yeah. It just it, I think it depends on you like the
2: relationship too like if he's like <laughs> really really close with this step cousin like I don't think there's anything wrong with having her as the flower girl and not inviting right. any other kids especially if that means that she's able to come to the wedding where she co- probably couldn't if she didn't bring her daughter so I right. really don't think it's that big of a deal at the end of the day if anyone first of all no one's going to ask you about it but like if for some reason someone's like why is my kid invited just flat out tell them just be like yeah. we're close to this person she's the flower girl like move along and she also did mention in the beginning that she's one of her first friends to get married, which I've been there. Um, I was like one of the last of my friends to get married. So I feel like I saw everything mm-hmm. before I got married. And I remember like in the first, probably the first wedding I attended for one of my friends, I didn't know anything. I didn't understand anything. And I probably have completely different views after like seeing everyone get married and then going through my own wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I think like there's nothing wrong with it and stop
1: thinking about everyone else's
2: feelings and think about what you want.
1: Totally, totally, one hundred. I definitely agree with that. I do. I see her concern with like you know, if they do, then there's a bunch of other step step relatives in the end who might be upset with having him. Whatever. I do think there's a couple options. I think she ultimately do what you want. If you really like, do hold your ground because this is your wedding. If you envision a day without kids, totally do that. I personally, I was thinking about this. And I get that she doesn't want to pay for the babysitter there. My philosophy is always, like, if you do want to be that helpful person that's helpful to your guests, offer to, like, at least help them find a babysitter in your area so that they can travel to the wedding. And then it's on them, though, to pay for the babysitter. If you have the budget to comp the babysitter for them, even better. But most people don't. So... I would almost if I I was putting myself in her shoes. If I were getting married in Mexico and we had guests with younger children, I get that it might be harder to find a babysitter for a long weekend while you're going abroad. So I would say, look, you can bring your children to the trip with you because if you want to bring them on a little mini vacay to Mexico, sure. However, at my wedding day, I we are having no children. Um yeah. The resort provides usually these resorts provide a on-staff babysitting service like my brothers in California did. That's what my my sister did for her baby. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah so usually awesome. they provide that you have to pay obviously, but and that's where I think she can look into that maybe if she wants to be a really nice bride and be like, look, the the resort offers this daycare for a couple hours it's 50 bucks an hour um if you would like to bring your kid you you can definitely do that but be very clear about the expectations and make it known that like it's on them to pay yeah that way you're giving them an option um but you're still kind of holding your ground if that makes sense
2: yeah yeah i love that
1: or you could just be like no kids don't even bring them to mexico
2: you're not allowed (laughs) um no, I agree with everything that we've all been saying here. And that's the last thing I'll say is um, when we were planning our wedding, I was very like uh, no kids at my wedding or anything. Tom does not understand that. And he like mm. didn't in the beginning. Um, Tom's my husband, if you're a new listener. <laughs> um, and he didn't fully understand that concept. And we kind of fought on it a little bit. And then he started talking to his family members that he thought were going to be affected by it. And all of them were like, oh, no, we're not bringing our kids. Mm. Like, we want to go to Savannah and have a vacation. We want that. So before you think too much about hurting, you know, people's feelings, just remember at the end of the day, they might be wanting to go to Mexico on a trip without kids. Like there's, it's very rare that someone is like so serious about bringing their kids on a wedding vacation or something. Like they probably want a vacation at the end of the day. So just remember that, like, unless Mm -hmm. people have like already said it, just
1: at the end of the day, they probably don't want to bring their kids. Just remember that. 100%. We found the same thing with our wedding. I forgot that people had kids because they didn't even ask me. And then (laughs) right before I was like, oh shit. Like I remember texting somebody being like, you could bring Owen. He was like their new baby. And she, the uh, mother was like, Hell no, I want a night away. I need this. I need a night to party. So, yeah. Hopefully, unfortunately for this listener, it looks like hers want to be invited. But usually that is not the norm, which is a good thing. Yeah. Just remember at the end of the day, like communication is key. Like just talk totally. to your
2: fiance, talk to the step cousin, just anything like that. But also do what you want because it's your wedding.
1: Bingo, baby. All right, the next one. Hey Nicole, I have to start out by saying I love the Bachelor's Bride's podcast. Even after my wedding is over, I'll likely still listen to just get the 411 on all the newest wedding trends and advice. That thank you. That is what we love because we want to do more about marriage. So keep listening, you guys. The wedding doesn't have to doesn't have to end at the altar. <laughs> get it? <laughs> after I heard the episode you talked about getting an after the tone phone, I had to have one for my wedding too. That was the best. It was so cool um my wedding is in may so we're just a month away from the big day as some would say i swear every conversation i have with people always leads to are you getting excited my reaction is always nonchalant but of course i say yes of course we're excited for the wedding especially since it's in jamaica by the beach however i just don't see it as something to be like oh my god i just cannot wait i'm dying inside I'm not the overly excited type of person and maybe part of me is not trying to brag or maybe I just see it as simply another day I get to be with my fiance and celebrate with our close loved ones. Either way, it's starting to make me doubt that I don't get super excited when people ask if I'm excited, which I feel like they're expecting me to jump up and down and cry with joy. Is it normal that I'm being so mellow about the situation? Is my relationship not as strong as it should be? Sincerely, a probably overthinking nonchalant bride. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the gist of this one, for those who need a quick summary, basically, people are like, are you excited? And she's like, "Eh, I'm just not jumping up and down like other brides. I think she's comparing herself.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't think there is anything wrong with that at the end of the day because of the amount of anxiety Mm -hmm. and the stress that comes around your wedding day especially this close like her wedding could be this weekend for all we know like I just I completely get that and I think for me like I was excited but I also was not jumping up and down and but the weekend of like when rehearsal dinner hit and like all my best friends were there I was like oh my god this is happening like I was so excited Mm -hmm. and then it went by so quickly um so I don't think I really don't think there's anything wrong with her. I think it's probably a combination of stress, anxiety. You're spending a lot of money. It's a huge life event. You have people talking to you every day, asking you questions,
1: and you don't even have time for yourself. So You took the words right out of my mouth. The stress and anxiety almost doesn't let you be that excited. Yeah. Also, like you said, like you're, you get really excited that weekend or even a couple days before, but... Even a month out, as she, she said she was in the beginning, well, it's in May now, so close her, but even a month out, it's kind of still hard to visualize the big day, and I think for me, at least, I get really excited for things when I can actually visualize it more happening. Yeah. Um. So that, I think this bride is definitely going to get more excited. Another thing, too, like, I don't who really is that excited for the actual day itself? I think like it's healthier to be more excited for the marriage or for even for the honeymoon. My thing before the wedding, I was like, I just want to get the wedding over with at this point. (laughs) Like I'm ready to be done planning. Like, yes, was I excited for it? Sure. But we all get to that point. I was there. So many people get to that point. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I think I agree with you. It's like this, you bride listening, you're not overthinking. I think you're totally normal. I also think just like don't compare yourself to people online. Like we see, especially I mean, Caroline, are culprits, especially with wedding TikTok, I always say it, it can almost feel like a like comparative environment because everybody's just like showing off their new things for the wedding and all their their haul and their DIYs. And yeah. it makes you think, look at all these people that are so excited for their weddings, which is totally fine to be excited, but it's also totally fine to feel how she is. And, and she even said she's not that much of a reactive person. So that's like Jordana, my old co-host who you all know and love, it was the same exact way. She's not gonna like jump up and down and cry. Yeah. Yeah, so. I completely
2: agree. Like everything that you said. Um, I feel the same way about wedding TikTok too, because and mm-hmm. this girl may not even be on TikTok, but I remember when, like when I was planning mine, I feel like I'm a very like monotone person. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, even though I might be really excited about something, like, I just... I don't know. I probably am talking how I'm talking right now. And I would see other girls, and they'd be, like, laughing and, like, screaming and, like, like smiling. And I would just be putting on my dress, like, oh, like, how do you like this dress? And, like, I don't know. Like, it's... And some people, I would remember, I'd get comments that'd be, like, you don't seem excited about this. Or, like, you don't look that excited. And I'm, like, mm. I am. I just this is how I talk like this is just how I come across so also right. like remember that and like and, and like you may have a best friend that's getting married at the same time and she may be a completely different person and have a different personality and she's very outgoing or like excited but you may be just as excited but you just are not expressing it so just remember mm-hmm. at the end of the day we're all different people and we all express things differently
1: 100 percent. it's how you feel on the inside that's yeah. so funny that people were like you don't seem excited you're like no I do like it what do you expect me to do twerk in the camera and yeah like
2: <laughs> or like when I would like talk about things after the wedding they'd be like you seem like you hated your wedding and I'm like no I love my
1: wedding I'm just like this is how I talk. <laughs> I hate them for saying that because my favorite thing about your wedding, post-wedding content, was that you were so honest. You were like, This is what I should have done differently. I hated my hair. I blah, blah, blah. You yeah. still loved your wedding, but you're just putting that content out for other brides. So,
2: yeah, it's just people don't talk about that. And so I yeah. was like, We're going to change this. We're all going to talk about things that went wrong at our weddings because we need to not act like, you know, yes. every wedding is completely picture perfect because they are not.
1: Well, that is a wonderful transition. You couldn't have set me up better for our brand new segment. I think I mentioned this a couple like a couple months ago that we wanted to do this as a new segment and then never did again. So, we're actually doing it now. It's called Wedding Regrets. If you guys have a more clever name, please feel free. Um, but Basically, we just want to we're going to start asking for more emails and situations of things that you all regret at your wedding. I know I made you rattle off so many on our last episode, Caroline, so definitely go back and listen to those cuz Caroline has some really good ones. Um yeah. but this is just, you know, this is just us kind of trying to talk about what we re- the mistakes we may or may not have made, the things that happened so we can save you other brides from making them too. Yeah. Caroline I'm done rambling. Do you want to read this first one? It's crazy. I will.
2: Um, Okay. My wedding was about six weeks ago now. It was a blowout wedding and everything was beautiful, but I had an awful rehearsal dinner speech that ruined my night and honestly my entire weekend. The speech was focused around my now husband being so upset when an ex-girlfriend dumped him that he wanted to be punched in the face to feel pain. Literally, that was the speech. Not only that, but my husband also claims that he has never had an ex-girlfriend in his life. It has literally been eating me alive for the past six weeks now. I ended up getting very drunk after the speech and proceeded to start talking about my past relationships, taking it as far as I could, telling everyone I used to love anal sex with my ex. I don't know how to get over this, and I quite honestly feel so alone in the bad speech thing. I had to share my story, and I'm hoping you can provide some context on horrible speeches and or other things out of your control that ruin the day.
1: I mean, I would call this not even a regret, maybe a wedding horror story in a way, because I hate that this happened to you, and I'm so sorry. Um, What are your thoughts? So my thoughts
2: are there's clearly some miscommunication here in your relationship. Um, I don't think it's like the end of the day, anything that crazy, because this unfortunately happens in a lot of relationships. Like I still work on communicating with my husband every day. It's just we're not meant to communicate with everyone perfectly, right? Um, obviously, there was some communication issues on his past, but maybe you didn't talk about it enough, or maybe you did. If you did talk about it a lot and he never mentioned her, that's a little concerning on why he hit it. But if you never talked about it, maybe he just like didn't want to bring that up because maybe it was something traumatic that happened to him or anything like that. And I know from my personal experience, I like talking about my past because I think it like shaped me to who I am today, Tom completely different. He hates talking about his past. He doesn't want to know about my past. He won't tell me about his past. Like, so does Mike. Know. It's I'm like, so what weird. the fuck happened in your past? Open up. I know. Knock, and I'm like, I always like say things. I'm like, did something crazy happen? He's like, no, <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, okay. But that's fine at the end of the day, right? Because that's like what he wants to share. Mm-hmm. So I'm like rambling now. But my point is, is like, I don't know exactly where your relationship is on this communication. But maybe... You guys just never got to a place where he felt comfortable telling you this. But it is concerning that he has, like, verbally told you he's never dated anyone other than you. Because that's weird. Why would he keep that from you?
1: Right. And, I mean, definitely discuss these things, I would say, prior to the wedding. Prior to getting married. Prior to getting engaged. Like, you really need to know about any exes that you need to know about. I think it's important to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, with this one, regarding the speech at the wedding, at the rehearsal dinner, first of all, I guess the bright side is that it happened at the rehearsal dinner and not at the wedding. True. But I would say whoever this person was, she says, but I had an awful rehearsal dinner speech that ruined my night. So I'm guessing, I'm assuming it was like one of the groom's obnoxious, drunk friends that should not have had the microphone. Yeah, had never seen. That's a key thing. I was talking about this with my family the other day. My family, my sister's been to some like horror story weddings where it's like the best man has never been to a wedding, doesn't really know how to do a speech, gets up on the microphone and turns it into an absolute roast session, says inappropriate stuff like this person and it's just a mess. So first of all, Think twice before letting somebody like that take the microphone. That's that's for sure. Like, this person should have never even given a speech. at But thank God it was not at the wedding day and it was at the rehearsal, which is a little more informal usually. Yeah. Should never bring
2: up past relationships and speeches. Even if you ended on good terms, just like, just doesn't need to be talked about on your wedding weekend.
1: I don't care if the groom has a child with his ex. Do not bring up... The, the ex, any, yeah. any. Yeah, it's not about that. Speech-giving 101, no exes. This is about the yeah. couple. Um, And then, I mean, I'm sorry, hon, I got to tell you, two wrongs don't make a right, because then you ended up getting very drunk, she says. And yeah. then that's where the anal sex talk came in about your ex, because you were mad.
2: Yeah, because she, like, obviously needed attention after that happened, which is fine. We've all been there. But, right. um, yeah, I wish that you just would have, like, communicated with him. And honestly, and I can't – I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I'm taking it from the email that this says that you it's been eating you alive for six weeks. So does that mean you still have not talked to him about this six weeks later? Good point. You're, she, she's stronger than me. I would have looked at him that second and been like, sir, <laughs> let's this. walk outside and talk about this. You told me you never had a girlfriend. Like, maybe not that second, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would just would have been like, um, that's weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. So if it's still eating you alive, you need to talk to him about it. It's going to eat you up forever. You just have got to flat out ask him. Yeah. He's your husband now. Like, you have to ask
1: him. Right, right. You should feel comfortable to ask him anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess the best way to get in front of this, like Caroline's saying, communicate and prior to the wedding. Yeah. And, I don't know, just just avoid the spe- the horrible speech givers and make your speeches regulated. I feel like some of those rehearsal dinners I've heard of do like a quick round robin where like the friends are drinking and all of a sudden seven friends stand up and want to. I personally would avoid that and I would pre, I would ask friends prior and be like, if you want to give a speech, tell me now. Like that's, that's the successful rehearsal dinners I've seen where the friend actually plans. Completely
2: agree with you. When you like, I, so this is what we did at Mine. Um, We had, Four people at rehearsal dinner and then four people at the actual wedding. We asked them ahead of time. They agreed. And then I let them know, like, you're giving a speech at rehearsal. And I didn't let anyone else talk. So those people, like, whether they prepared or not, they knew that they were talking. We trusted that person. And I we didn't have, like, an open mic night, like, at a rehearsal dinner. I did not want that for (laughs) that reason. Because I have been at a few rehearsal dinners where it's, like, an open mic and people are just talking. And people say questionable things so i will tell you you are not alone here like you're Mm -hmm. not the only one that has had a horror speech at a wedding i have personally witnessed a few rehearsal speeches and i'm like that probably
1: we probably shouldn't do you remember what was said at all i can't remember specifically
2: but like i remember my friend said one thing she'll I I don't know if I can say it. She'll probably kill me forever. (laughs) But like she was very drunk and she just like went up there and like started blabbing and like and then she realized like at the end of the day, she's like, I probably shouldn't have went up, which like if that's what you want, whatever. But you have to know at the end of the day, someone might accidentally say something that you don't like. So be very picky about your speeches, who you pick. Also, you're not alone. Wedding speeches happen all the time. People like propose to people's weddings. People announce pregnancies at people's weddings. Like uh, there are horror stories out there also i think what you should do if it helps like you move on is talk to that person
1: that did it oh talk to the speech giver
2: yeah not like obviously just be nice be like hey like i just want you to know that that's like i'm still thinking about that speech and like i wish that you didn't yeah bring up his ex at a rehearsal dinner that like really hurt my feelings yeah. I don't know, maybe if it helps you move on. I know some people, it helps them move on when they have some sort of closure. The, per- the person might be like, I'm so sorry. I had too much to drink and I didn't mean to say
1: that. Right. And it could just help her move on more. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Talk it out. No more open mic nights at rehearsal dinners, you guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Second one. a regret here. This person says, my wedding is in just under two weeks and the panic and resentment towards COVID is starting to set in. Up until this point, I've been pretty zen and it is what it is about everything, but it's getting harder to maintain that now. Please tell me I'm not the only one who's secretly or not so secretly a little heartbroken that their wedding slash wedding planning process doesn't get to look the way they would have envisioned it three years ago. I know that in general, weddings don't usually look exactly how people envisioned them, but I feel like this is a whole other level. I feel I'm constantly having to mourn the loss of what I thought my wedding would look like. It seems like every week something changes or someone becomes unable to attend, and when I finally come to terms with it, another change happens or another loved one tells me they can't come. I know it will still be a beautiful day, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't wish I could go back in time and somehow get married in 2019." Ooh,
2: girl, you're speaking to the right people right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, yeah, you had the
2: COVID debacle, too. Oh, my God. It was, like, everything she said, I understand. I feel like I wrote that email. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was always, like, really upset about, like, things and, like, how I envision things. Like, I remember, like... Think even just wedding dress shopping. I was like, I'm gonna go with all my friends and we're gonna go to brunch and drink champagne. No, I was only <laughs> allowed one person. Like they ha- we all had to wear masks. Like I don't when know. When did you know get I mean?
1: engaged? March 2020. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, see, I got to not to rub it in, but I did get to do the wedding shopping before or dress shopping and some things before COVID. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're lucky, because I literally, so Tom had, like, uh, a huge proposal planned. I don't I don't remember if I talked about this on the other podcast or not, but, like, he had a huge proposal plan. It was going to be at the Botanic Garden in D.C., because I love it, all this stuff. And it was literally March 19th he was going to propose to me, uh, and as we all know, the world, like, shut down on, like, oh, March on 14th. March, <laughs> it was basically, like, the 19th, yeah. So, like, everyone had to cancel their flights, nothing happened, oh. and then he ended up just proposing to me, like, randomly when we went to dinner one night. It was still beautiful, like, I liked it, obviously, but mm-hmm. it just, it wasn't what he envisioned and he knew that I was going to be a little upset because I wanted something more, so, like, I don't know, I completely understand this girl, like, in my whole wedding journey, everything seemed
1: weird, like, everything, you really? just seemed weird about it, yeah. I mean, you did get to do, like, a, bach- a normal, semi-normal bachelorette, right?
2: Yeah, we point. went to... So we went to Mexico. We went to Cancun. Um, Mm -hmm. My original plan was Cartagena. Like I always wanted to go there for my batch. And I looked into it and like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like such a Virgo. I put, I planned everything out to prove to my bridesmaids that it's actually cheaper than Miami. Because I feel like, (laughs) like leaving the country just automatically is like, it's expensive. I can't afford it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to prove to you guys how this is cheaper than going
1: to Miami. Because if anyone's been to Miami, it is like. So expensive, right? We picked Tulum instead of the Hamptons because I was thinking, like, Hamptons is easy for people to drive to. You know, even my pregnant sister can drive to it. And then the houses were thousands per night, and Tulum, Mexico, was more affordable. Go yeah, on. Tulum was probably, like, 100 per
2: person per night, whereas, like, the Hamptons is yeah. probably ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. so I can –
1: yeah, so that was, like, another thing, and, like, I don't know. It was just, like, so many little things like that. You're saying that your vendor visits and stuff were – um were kind of the ones that got sidelined by COVID, like the dress shopping, right?
2: Yeah. So we got engaged March 2020, and then we didn't book our venue until July 2020. But we didn't even start planning the wedding until, like, June. Like, that's when I sat down and we, like, wrote down right. venues, and we traveled to Savannah to go see them. Um and then it was a huge conversation. Of uh, This was July 2020, and there was an opening in April 2021, and then there was two openings in September 2021. Tom, like, did not want a long engagement, so he was, like, really pushing on April. And I was like, that's less than a year away. The world is so unknown right now. We can't do that. So we ended up doing September 2021, which was – it ended up, like, being perfect because it was, like, mm-hmm. so far out. Um But yeah, like, that was annoying. And then like, I don't know, it was just like so many things like it just we didn't have an engagement party at all. It just never happened.
1: Does any part of you wish you could go back, make Tom somehow propose to you in 2019 and then quickly just get married then before all this? Or are you glad how things turned out?
2: Well, I think everything i like, I'm a person that, like doesn't regret anything. So like, I think everything turns out the way it was. For example, if I never got engaged, I probably would have never started making random Your stuff on TikTok, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is like literally my career right now. So I wouldn't be where I am now, probably because I'd probably still be in my office job, like planning a wedding, TikTok. I would have been like, what's that? Because you would have never been shut down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't regret it. Would it have been much smoother and much less stressful probably yeah. <laughs> like but i but just know to mm-hmm. this writer you're not alone like it, you every single person is going through the same thing right now because people are trying to plan international weddings international honeymoons and they can't do that and like i've had so many people say no to my wedding because of covid stuff so like i completely get it like
0: Mm -hmm. you're not
2: alone and unfortunately at the end of the day we just have to keep moving on and just remember that like the people who can and want to be there they'll do what they can and you're gonna have a great day no matter what
1: i love that very well said yeah i mean i think now luckily we're getting to that point where things are getting better obviously you can gather more than you used to be able to year within the past couple years but yeah um but still i mean it's still real it's still there and i get it like her visions just changed and that's really hard to grapple with. But I would just try to get excited and look at it with a new lens and a new excited vision like this is what you're doing now. I remember like my personal wedding, we were planning a whole Halloween wedding in 2020, had to postpone it to 2021. And then it's obviously the Halloween cute touches didn't, didn't last when it was in, on September 4th instead of October 31st. Wait, I didn't
2: know this. You're gonna have you d- a Halloween
1: themed wedding? <laughs> <laughs> the way
2: you ask. Okay, no. When I was I, very concerned. I'm like, that is not you. Like, who <laughs> took over your body in 2020?
1: <laughs> Literally, like, the devil. Because, okay, so not a Halloween-themed wedding. For the listeners, no. It's, y'all are picturing, like, pumpkins when we say that. Like, yeah, literal, like, jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. No, so, okay. Well, we picked Halloween, long story short, because it was the only date left at our venue and a bunch of our vendors that we wanted, and we kind of had procrastinated starting planning, but we didn't want to wait till 2020. So we were like 2020. This was pre-pandemic blowing up because we started in late 2019 planning. Mm -hmm. So we were like October 31st, last day left. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We love, I love Halloween anyways. Like all my friends were like, yeah, that's fun. Gives us a Halloween fun party to go to. And then I was getting inspired like by like the classy, like almost gothic touches you could put throughout. Like this, like the nice black, like I I just like black, themed stuff like yeah I don't know like the more moody looking stuff and then um I was like this is cool and then I saw a really sick Halloween wedding that was like all costumes but we were we were gonna do like after party with costumes you know not the no that sounds main fun. thing and got all excited and then COVID came and um then we were like okay no longer a Halloween wedding so I do get the ha- having to like change your vision and it is tough um yeah but yeah, like you said, I mean, just kind of, yeah, just remember, like,
2: at the end of the day, like, you guys are happy, healthy, you're still having a wedding, like, you made it through the pandemic together, which is huge, because a lot of couples (laughs) did not make it, Um, and I don't know, it's just, like, things happen for a reason, just like I told you, like, I wouldn't have this career if it probably wasn't for it. And I probably wouldn't have went to South Africa for my honeymoon if it wasn't for COVID, um, you know, delaying our honeymoon. And we ended up loving it. And I'm kind of glad we did that rather than the Europe thing, um, because it was so different. And I don't know, I'm just try to look at the bright side of it at the end of the day. But also know, yeah, that's all you can do. And just know that you're not alone. Like, literally, I don't think I've talked to one person in the past two years that has gotten engaged or gotten married that has does not have some sort of story that like they wish they could have done this or that, or like, you know, they have certain regrets or they like missed out on something. I'm also telling myself. So since I didn't really have, so I had a bridal shower, but Tom's family put it on and I had no one from my life there. My sister flew in, but that's it. And then it was kind of, it was very small. It was very cute. Like I'm glad they did it because I thought I wasn't going to have one at all. Um, And then we didn't have an engagement party um, but I keep telling myself, I'm like, we have like a baby shower one day. Everyone's gonna be required yes. to fly in since they missed out on so many of my wedding
1: events. So, which I like you want to- more? I feel like the baby yeah. shit gets so expensive. You need a full shower for gifts. Yeah, I'm gonna for that. need
2: everything. So, yeah,
1: and you <laughs> so want to feel supported would. when having a baby. I totally think that's that's been my mindset too I'm like everybody I want like more of your full attention for the baby shower
2: yeah and obviously if you're not having kids like do your next birthday party like invite everyone and be Mm -hmm. like everyone has to come because I didn't have a bachelorette shower and party whatever you want to do like just try to look forward to the future and like think about other fun things that you can't be planning because unfortunately you can't change the past but you can Mm -hmm. try to keep moving forward and be as positive as you can and just remember at the end of the day
1: you're here. You made it through COVID. Very true. I'm getting that etched on my wall. Well, now for our last segment, you all know it, you all love it, Unpopular Opinions brought to you by Bridebrite. This segment is all about giving you our unpopular wedding opinions, but Bride Bright is anything but unpopular, and now you can share it with someone you love. Introducing the Couples Bundle, where you can couple the Bridebrite and Groom Glow Kit or two Bride Bright kits to share, and I bet no one will have anything unpopular to say about that. Who's ready to smile bright this wedding season? Now for our first unpopular opinion. Cursive font is over. Um, I kind I, of agree. Sorry. sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, go on. I'm. This is why I chose this one for you because you're a designer and you have that eye. So I really want to hear your thoughts. So I agree on the
2: trend. I will say everything is very modern and like mm-hmm. black and white and like not cursive font. And... I don't know, I really, I've seen that everywhere, especially, like, on, like, uh, CD charts and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a trend. So, mm-hmm. that's going to be changed in a few months. Um, and, of course, there's still that, like, very, you know what I'm talking about when there's, like, a trendy wedding? And then there's, yes. like, the luxury wedding. Yes. Like, for example, like, a celebrity wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's wedding. They had, like, like cursive, like, all over their wedding stuff. Um mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't want that because I didn't have, like, a very serious, luxurious French wedding. Yes. Um, So I think it's trendy. Do I think it's over? No. But do I think the trend of Cursive is over right now?
1: Yes. That's a good point, though. Like, your your font for things, like invitations and signage around the wedding you kind of do want it to match the vibe that's a good point like some of that fancy cursive works for a luxury wedding but might not work as much for a backyard barn wedding like yeah
2: depends on your like wedding theme or would like your wedding Mm -hmm. vibe i like to say vibe or like aesthetic now because i hate the word theme um but yeah because like i don't know like for mine i had like one font but then i had cursive of that same font in like very small details and it, it matched but not everything was in cursive did you design all your stuff yeah do you remember the name of the font oh my gosh it's a garam <laughs> garamon premiere something because i'm not kidding when i say i get a dm every day about it like i want to really? like, put it in my bio on instagram yes <laughs> yeah my <laughs> font was this in the bio i've honestly i've been thinking about like sharing something like if you like get my wedding guide. It, like, comes with it or oh, something. Oh, you have a so, wedding guide. Duh. Get the yeah. wedding guide. I think I do have the font, like, in there because I get I got so, ma- so many questions about it that I think I put it in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, overall, I think for this opinion, cursive font is over. I disagree. I think cursive is timeless. I don't think we can cancel cursive font. I do agree with you. The trendier, more modernized-looking, sans serif fonts I yeah. like. But... I don't and don't go using like curls MT. Remember that one? Oh gosh, I think so. <laughs> when we were little, curls MT. It yeah. was like limited to font. Oh yeah. Um, I loved that one when I was little, but don't obviously don't use that for your wedding, please. Um, but I don't I don't want to condemn cursive font. So, seventy three percent of our audience disagrees that cursive font is over.
2: I agree with, like, everything. Like, I think the trend of it maybe mm-hmm. like, right now it's not cursive, but, like, it's never going to go away. Right. As long as you're not using a trendy cursive font. Does that make sense? And you know, like, yes. all the bridal gear, like, the bridal bags and, like, hats yes. and things that say bride. You know that specific font I'm thinking of? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, that, we need to move, I think we need to move past that. I think right. we already kind of are, because I think a lot of, I see a lot of brands, like, with, like, it's not cursive. Like, even some of the um, bitches merch that you guys have, oh. like... It's not cursive, Thank you. so yeah, no. Our designers to... that
1: design the merch to make sure they're like in line with Betch's branding, and I don't think we even ever do cursive for Betches. Yep. Well said. Okay, the next one is: fancy card boxes are a colossal waste of money. Um, I agree
2: only because I bought a card box, I cricketed cards on it to with my font and my everything Stop. to match. Uh, by the way, I got the box from Michaels because I know someone's probably going to want to know. Um, and it's a, pl- it was a plain acrylic box and it had a little like cut in the top to put a card in. And it was like $30. It was so affordable. And then I just used my Cricut to put cards like with my wedding font just Beautiful. on it. Um, I think we got like three cards at the wedding. Yeah. What, how'd they pay you online? We get a lot of money online. Um, we get a lot of people like, we're just, like, handing them to us. Like, oh. some of them didn't see the box. They were handing was, you a card? Like, well, my coordinator started, like, you know, yeah, taking yeah. them. But, um, and it was, like, right when you walked in, too. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't miss it, but people were missing it. Um, yeah. But I – it was very affordable for me, so I don't think – like, I don't regret spending money on it. It was $20, and then I just mm-hmm. used my Cricut stuff I already had. So obviously there's a Cricut price. But, um – I would never have spent like hundreds of dollars on it.
1: No. God, no. It To me, a card box is one of those things at the wedding where if it is fancy and cool, the guests might notice it when they go to put their card in it and say that to themselves like, oh, what a pretty card box. But if it isn't, if it's literally just a plain like acrylic box that you got for 20 bucks then they also won't – the guests will not be like, why is the card box not decorated? It's one exactly. of those things. You can literally get a basket that you already have in your house. To mm-hmm.
2: That's where the cards go. Like, no one is ever going to question, like, what card box you have. You do not need to spend a lot of money on a card yeah. box.
1: I will say – To the basket point, I have heard horror stories of card boxes being like, like stolen out of like people reaching in and stealing cards out of them with cash in them. I've heard that too. So get a lock, I've heard on the card or a card box that locks. You can just stick things in the slit, but then you have to unlock it to open it. Yeah. Um, We didn't do that for our wedding. We asked our venue if they already had one. Turns out they did. They said, sure, you can borrow it. We used it for the wedding reception and then at the end, at the end of the night, our planner um, put all the cards from it into a separate little container for us and put them in there. Yeah.
2: yeah, our coordinator was like in charge of like getting our cards too. So that was nice. Yeah. We didn't have to like worry about that. Yeah, but yeah. I do hear about people stealing cards. It's usually not the guests. Apparently, it's usually the people uh, that work for the vendors or whatever. I don't know.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I posted. I can't remember what I posted, but I posted something last year about card boxes and I got an influx of messages of people being like, oh, my God, like my sister or my brother or like whatever, like had a horror story of all the cards being um, stolen. I would cry. So I don't know. I feel like we're all I'm all over the place with this answer. I think I said
1: yes and no. So like (laughs) you agree. And I agree, too, that a fancy one is a waste of money. So don't spend a lot of money. Right, right. Get one, but don't spend a lot. And ask their venue if they have one first.
2: Or even like your coordinator and literally anyone. Yeah. Even if your friend that just got married, be like, can I use this after you? Like, it's 100%. Just like, it's something so small that like no one notices, but That you. is a pass around item for sure. Yeah. Like I sold mine to someone on Facebook Marketplace after my wedding. we Or not even Facebook Marketplace. I think she DM'd me and I was like, yeah, meet me here.
1: Smart. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So 87% of our audience agreed that they all are also a waste of money. Yeah. Last one is seating charts are silly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: strongly disagree, okay. I feel very strongly about this um, because I have been to two weddings now that did not have a seating chart. and when I tell you, it was a mess and it's annoying. actually, I've been to more than two. I've been at three just came to mind. I'm not gonna name who they are because. I'm friends with them, um, but like, for example, one, they're all, honestly, they're all different reasons. And I want to like talk about this too. So people who are planning a wedding, like understand why, yeah. um, the first wedding I went to, they didn't have a seating chart. Um, they wanted, there was like kind of bench seating and like, I think they just wanted more of like an open vibe, like go get food, like sit wherever. What ends up happening when you do this, people click and people get into groups Yeah. and then there'll be like eight people on like one side of the bench and then one bench will have like one lonely couple that like no one really knows and it's really awkward and you end up not sitting with the people you want especially if you're like off talking to someone at cocktail hour or you're in the bathroom and you didn't get a spot now you and your date or if you didn't come with a date are like on a random table somewhere and have to sit away Mm -hmm. from all your friends and family for the like time being it's annoying and that's exactly what happened at a different wedding I went to um me and Tom were like mingling and we got food and we came in and I was like looking for a seating chart or something or place cards, there was not one and I realized there was no seating chart and every table was full except for one.
1: So we sat at a table alone. So that's the thing. It's like people aren't going to magically fall like six people per table. And that's that. That no, they will not do that. People, the same one I went to, people just squeezed it. We had like 12 people at one table and, and it yeah. was, we were all squeezed together. Like it just kind of. And
2: then one table of like, like four people. Or what can yeah. also happen is you can have like five tables and like one seat in between random people or empty on each table. And then you've lost five seats right there. Right, right, right. Because, and you know, random one person is going to go sit down because you're usually totally. with someone at a wedding. Not always, but totally. you know, sometimes you are. Um, and then, what was the other wedding? The other wedding was just like what you said. Like, I actually. <laughs> there was not any seating chart or seats and we ended up having to be in a random table like really far from the dance floor so we couldn't oh, see anything and god. me and my friend group all wanted to stay together because we hadn't seen each other in a while um and half of us were sitting and half of us were standing cuz there weren't even like enough chairs oh jesus and then like whoever was eating like we would eat and then we'd stand up and like we'd let someone else come sit down <laughs> so they could eat and we were all just like hovering and it was so I hate awkward this. oh my oh, god my it's god. like I know that I'm like a little d- bit dramatic too, but like, I'm not kidding when I say I strongly, strongly disagree with not having a seating chart. I think it helps the flow. It mm-hmm. helps you not have random spots at all these tables. People know exactly where to sit. And then you can kind of, what I like about it is you can kind of put people together.
1: That right. wouldn't normally flock to totally. each other. If you have that one couple that really doesn't know a lot of people at the wedding, that's a perfect place Mm -hmm. for you to put them next to other people and you become like bonded with your wedding table by the end of the night, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. Or – and if you don't have that chart, then that one couple is going to end up being loners the whole night because they don't know anybody.
2: Like like, one of our tables at our wedding, I think we had three couples – that did not know each other. Like we knew them from like college or work or wherever we knew them from. They did not know each other. So we put them all at one table. And then we had a guy who was single and he didn't bring a date. Um, and we put him at that table because they were all the same age. Um, they, mm-hmm. I knew that they all kind of would have like similar interests and get along. Um, and I think it ended up being like, great like I think I saw them like hang out even after like people Mm -hmm. get up like in a corner like by the bar that's the best yeah that's nice like and then you get to like put these people together and they meet and their connection is you guys so of course they already have something to talk about like how do you guys know the the couple and stuff like that so yeah I don't know I just I really did you do assigned seating
1: or just tables oh you did seats
2: yeah I did that I don't know if you need to do assigned seating but Mm -hmm. I also have been at a wedding where we were just assigned tables and then like people were sitting next to each other and then like what happened was one seat was open here like if this was a circle and then like one seat was open here and one seat was open here so then me and Tom couldn't sit together
1: oh oh I'd be like, move. I'd get over to the table and be like, hey, can you guys scooch around? My husband and I need to sit next it to It gets me.
2: awkward when you don't know the people too. But what ended up happening like 20 minutes later, they realized and that like, someone moved down and I moved over to Tom. Oh, but amen. that's like something you have to think about if you're not doing assigned seats. They'll probably figure it out themselves. They're smart, but like it yeah. is something to think about. Like
1: I think for mine, we, I was like, no, don't do assigned seats, just tables. And then I think... I for, I'll have to ask what we did. I think we had our little table tents with names, the name cards, because we had to have those for the kitchen. It's a long story, but they had to like know what people were getting, and there was a little clue, a little symbol on their name card. So, oh, yeah, um, we had them, and I think I think they were just in the middle of the table, and people sat down, grabbed it from the middle, and put it in whatever spot they were yeah. sitting. Or my coordinator might have put their – I think my coordinator might have put them at everybody's seats so unintentionally had assigned tables. But even – or assigned seats, even if you do that, though, I have have found that people will pick those up and shuffle around at the table, which is fine, like, usually. Yeah, it's no big deal. But at least you, like, thought about where to put them. That's that's another
2: point um, that I completely forgot about. I made place cards – for everyone like I made them out of like shells and like cricketed their names on them and they were really cute and I put like a little piece of baby's breath behind it and I completely forgot like that was another reason why we had assigned seats is because like I wasn't just gonna put like a bucket of place cards somewhere right like I wanted like a place setting I wanted to look cute yeah
1: so yeah do it And those sound so cute well, that's it for this week's Unpopular Opinions. Bride Bright gives you that confident wedding day smile, and they want you to share it with somebody you love. You can purchase Bride Bright as its own kit, or at checkout, you can purchase the Couples Bundle, my personal favorite. It's literally my favorite teeth whitener out there. When you check out with the Couples Bundle, you choose two kits of your choice with a major discounted rate. You can either bundle the two Bride Bright kits or couple the Bride Bright and Groom Glow kit. Each kit provides easy, effective, and sensitivity-free teeth whitening in the comfort of your own home. These also make great parents' or in-laws' gifts, you guys. They're a really quality teeth whitener, and everybody wants white teeth. For a day filled with photos like a wedding, everyone wants to have great smiles. But not everyone knows exactly where to start. So give them these kits, and it'll be an amazing way to make it a little easier on them. Best of all, you get free shipping and now 40% off site-wide using code BETCHES at checkout. Check Bride Bright out on Instagram at Bridebrite and TikTok at bride underscore bright. Get your kit or bundle today at www.bridebright.co. That's B-R-I-D-E-B-R-I-T-E dot co-c-o using code BETCHES for 40% off. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. This was such a great episode. It is always so great having you on um gotta have you back of course where can everybody find you your wedding resources all of that yeah this
2: was so fun thank you so much for having me back on i could talk about weddings for the next three hours so Mm -hmm. (laughs) love we really could (laughs) but my handle is the same on tiktok and instagram um and it's caroline ripa and my last name is r-i-p-a Um, I also have like a bunch of Pinterest boards. I have a wedding guide. You can find that on my website, which is carolinerepa.com. And then recently my new thing is I made a Facebook group, um, (gasps) called Bridal Besties. It has done so well. I think we have like 1,500 members right now. That's And when I tell you, there's like conversations. I thought I was going to have to like go in and like spark conversation and like try to get the girlies talking. No. I like go on sometimes to like see what people are up to or like help people or respond to comments. Mm -hmm. There are so many people asking stuff. They're posting pictures of their outfits being like, do you like this? What shoes should I wear with this? It has almost turned into like the cutest little community That I built and it makes me so happy. And I love it. If you, I always tell people this, if you're looking for a community, just join that Facebook group because I feel like everyone in your Mm -hmm. life gets so sick of you talking about weddings and people don't care. Everyone cares in this group. We all want to hear what you have to say. Yes, Uh, yes, honey.
1: It's wedding world. We're just living in it. Yes. Well, thank you again so much. And till next time and till death do us part.
0: The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.